Shonen Flop. Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series in Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week, we're talking about Neolation, and we're joined by our guest today, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, how are you? Oh, man, I'm doing good. How's life in Michigan? Life is going all right. It's a little cold here, but we're doing pretty well, all things considered. My uh, girlfriend keeps complaining it's not snowing in New York, but it might <laughs> snow on her birthday, so we'll see. It'd be perfect to just completely ruin all the plans I had made for her. <laughs> it's weird to be in, uh, you know, here in, here in the, the fun times. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it snows. I realized that I was like, I never have to scrape off a car. I never have to drive in the, in the ice. I work from home, so I was just like, oh, this is the <laughs> nicest winter we'll ever be in Michigan. And the nicest it'll be is a deadly global pandemic. So, welcome to Michigan, folks. Funny how that works. Yeah. I do miss my time in Michigan. <laughs> a little bit, in that I don't, which is why I moved. <laughs> <laughs> I am the only one who has never been to the Mitten. Uh, only one of us is pure. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, the plot to that game series Siren, where it's like, if you, it's like if you swam in a lake, you can't go to heaven or something. <laughs> and so... That's the thing is if you've been in Michigan, you, you just you don't get to go to heaven. You have to go to like shitty heaven with like the people from Wisconsin. Yeah, the closer you get to Ypsilanti, the further you fall from God's light. Why don't we get into the manga details? I want to start by making a note that saying that according to Tucker, our language expert, instead of Neo, it's supposed to be Neo, which is due to some quirks of how the word Neo is translated. And it's technically it's like this weird thing. But we have made a judgment call. And unfortunately, Tucker, from a two to one vote, we have decided we are going to keep the Neo pronunciation. But please be aware, we are still going to use your pronunciations for everything else. So as always, it is very much appreciated. You all haven't been calling this knee zero lation the whole time? Knee zero semicolon-lation, you mean? It's like how actage is actually actage. What? Yeah. Yeah, apparently it's pronounced actage. It's also chainsaw main, but uh, no one ever really knows that. <laughs> Do you ever get someone that's like, oh, I listen to the ARG knots. <laughs> Just for context, that's the name of your podcast, The Argonauts. We've never gotten the ARGO knots, but I will say that my co-host and I do, in talking about ARGs, alternate reality games, we intersperse between calling them ARGs and ARGs, sometimes within the same sentence. So you can never really go wrong. <laughs> that must be great if there's like a pirate themed ARG, because then like, you know what you're <laughs> going to call it for that show. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you have another podcast, too. I do. Should I have introduced all of this more off the top instead of just shitting on Michigan? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so to get into the series itself, this is actually another instance of a writer-artist combination. We also experienced this when we reviewed uh, Tokyo Shinobi Squad, Stealth Symphony. And one thing to always know is that you definitely can tell because the art is just at a much higher level. Yeah. And even in successful series, you can see that too as we talked about defno eyeshield 21 dr stone just when you're splitting duties you're gonna just get art and definitely art was not an issue in this series no and it was written by hiaro tomohide and it was illustrated by yuda mizuki and it seems like as far as i can tell neither of them have actually done anything since which is a little unfortunate because the art was great even if the writing was uh we'll get into yeah they also teamed up in a pilot called legacy this series is also based on a three-part mini series just called neil that ran in jump giga which is like a sister series for Shonen Jump. So I actually am not sure how unusual having like a three part like miniseries turned into a full series is, but this is the first instance of me really encountering it rather than the traditional pilot that becomes a full series, like how One Piece had a pilot, Naruto had a pilot, and so mm -hmm. on. I will say something very strange about this manga that I noticed. I mean, first of all, the name of it is fucking annoying. Yeah. Pain in the ass to type on the phone, but whatever. This manga doesn't seem to have a fandom wiki, which is bizarre. So I found it. You found it? Yes, I looked and you're right. It doesn't come up unless you like really check. And I think I was like looking, Googling one of the character names and the page was like the seventh result. But yes, I was like, how the fuck does this not have it? And also though, to get into that, the official spelling of this series is Capital N E zero semicolon L A T I O N. Yes, there is a semicolon in the name of this series. <laughs> I think we can sum it up in one why it flopped. Yeah. yeah, so it's really a test to see if you've sanitized your string outputs in any coding program. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it might have been cool if I had any benefit of the doubt of the quality of the series, I would say that was on purpose, but I know for a fact it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn it, I gotta put that fucking, like, slap backslash N here again. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. My series needs escape characters to print the name of it. <laughs> I don't know. The guy got away with doing dot hack slash slash sign. And they were like, oh, we can do anything for a title, huh? 
Yeah, that's fair. And then just the last little details, this ran from December 10th, 2018 to April 27th, 2019. And it was 19 chapters over three volumes. And as we said, there was a three-part pilot that also ran online in Jump Giga. Did you have a chance to read that? I wasn't aware of that. I found out about that really late into like looking up like just like maybe like an hour ago. I noticed that it was mentioned on like the official Viz site of it. Hmm. And they were like, oh yeah, you can also check out the pilot. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't do that. So Damn it. Huh. Damn it. Revisit the series. Oh. <laughs> Screwed up. God fucking damn it. All right. We didn't read the whole thing. God damn it. No, it's fine. Whatever. It's like Zipman, how we didn't get to read the pilot because no one ever translated it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's just, it's not even a matter of us not knowing about something. Just nobody translated it. I bet if I went back to see the version of this that didn't get made, I'd really like it a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if we come back and cover it, uh, Tucker, we will call it Neo <laughs> for your sake. But yeah. for now, we are going to keep with Neo. Why don't we take that energy and go into talking about the manga itself by starting with Jordan's awesome plot summary. Minai Daigo and his hot sister Mizuho lost their mom and dad at a young age, forcing them to inherit their parents' massive Yakuza debts. To pay them off, Daigo gets a part-time job at a diner, and Mizuho runs a hot dog stand because she's just a way more interesting character than he is. It's at Daigo's job that we meet Arata One, also known as Neo, a genius who uses hacking to commit crimes, which apparently means he's called a cracker. Neo interferes in a conflict between the Yakuza and Daigo, saving him by hacking into a bad guy's phone to make it explode and then calling the cops. Out of gratitude, Daigo agrees to team up with Neo to take out, like, just some local bad guys, I guess. But then, uh, Daigo is kidnapped and held hostage by the rest of the Yakuza. Neo saves him by hacking, I mean, cracking into a printer to make it spit fire and then calling the fire department. A dancer named Ishizawa Yuko, aka Yuko, then asks Neo to help find her friend Saki Miyauchi, who went missing recently. Saki was using an app called The Lemming Game, created by a guy named Lemming, which subtly manipulates manipulates people into committing suicide to train his AI. Neo, Daigo, and Yoko save Saki and defeat Lemming, who runs away. Lemming is then immediately killed by the real ultimate bad guy, Javodan, a crime producer who smears Lemming's blood on the wall in the shape of his symbol, a beast. Javodan shows up to threaten Neo and shoots him in the leg, but Neo outsmarts him by bluffing that he has proof Javodan killed Lemming, only to discover that it was all according to Javodan's Keikaku to recruit him, and he knew Neo was bluffing. Keikaku means plan. The next day we meet Brother Ta, an ex-street racer turned monk who is straight up stalking Mizuho, but like, it's okay because he's nice, don't worry about it. Luckily, he knows some bad guys for Neo to beat up, so he takes them to a racetrack where his old racing group has now been taken over by an incredibly abusive driver named Boogie, who has introduced the ancient concept of gambling to these people. Ta decides to race him because everyone, like, just knows that Boogie is cheating, but they don't really know how. Neo tags along because he sees Javodin's symbol in Boogie's car. Turns out that Boogie's secret is that he has an Elon Musk card that's self-driving, which Neo cracks, and then they win. Before driving away, Boogie asks Neo who he is, and Neo remembers, using a flashback, how his first laptop was given to him by a childhood friend, a little girl with a rare terminal disease named Tabari. The two grow up a little and fall in love, as Neo uses hacking to help scientists develop a cure for her not-cancer, but she still fucking dies. Finally, a teenage YouTuber, or loser-tuber, named Chinami, who's, again, a friend of Yoko's, gets kidnapped when she accidentally videotapes an evil business guy talking about doing evil fake news crimes with the mayor. Thankfully, Neo is a huge stan of her channel and uses logic and reasoning to figure out where she is. Then, his two teenage friends beat the shit out of armed guards and saved Chinami, who posts a deep fake recreation of the deleted video she took, incriminating the bad guys. That's it. Thank you, Jordan. Whew. That was a beautiful summary. Oh, man. <laughs> I gotta say, what a good manga. Yeah. What Jordan just read really would have sounded exciting. <laughs> <laughs> What a, what a great plot. Thank you. Thank you. Fucking loser tubers. Loser tuber. Holy <laughs> shit, man. I'm really impressed that he used the same plot twice in 19 chapters. <laughs> People kept getting kidnapped and how like Yoko's like, oh, my, my friend got kidnapped. Oh, my friend got kidnapped. Like, damn. It's like, you really can't think of more plots? I mean, that's kind of the big issue, I think, with this. It's just like, um, we'll get into it later, so. Damn right we will. A third of this manga is about race car driving. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that, that arc wraps up, and then the guy learns, hey, you're getting canceled in, like, two issues. And so, I guess he has to put together a plot that, like, can wrap up the show before then. So, he's like, well, I guess I can't deal with the big plot, so we'll just do this little plot and say, bye. <laughs> I'll write up a screed about fake news and cancel culture, and then I'll say, and then our characters are going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why use big plot when little plot work fine? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. I will say this is one of maybe two manga that we've ever read that didn't have a time skip. Yeah, just before the very end where they're like, if our show had wrapped up, this is what would have happened. Most of the time, that is literally what happens, actually. Guardian of the Witch just straight up, like, resolved all the issues, so everything is great now, after their, like, time skip. <laughs> yeah. It was about, like, this girl who was, like, dying of, like, this demon infection, and they're like, yeah, and then we found a cure and everything's great, and now everything's perfect and this issue no longer exists, and we cured the disease for everyone ever. So, we did it. All right. Thanks for reading. <laughs> Guardian of the Witch was not very good. I've noticed that there is, um, depending on whether or not the main bad guy has been introduced, the author will decide to go with either the ending where oh we solved everything or this ending which is we beat this challenge but there's still a lot more to happen that we're all gonna work towards in the future it's literally what happens in hungry joker but i do want to say that i think we have some good stuff we can talk about and the things that it didn't do well and things we would change so why don't we take this as an opportunity though to actually start going in more depth with the characters so andrew would you do so kind as to lead us off with our number one main (laughs) protagonist fuck you I think you mean the number One protagonist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like this guy. Our main guy uh, calls himself Neo or Neo or Nizero. We got Arata One, a young hacker lad. He's a very simple boy who's out looking for a baddie, which I relate to. (laughs) He likes hot dogs. He's very absent-minded unless he is hacking, in which case he becomes a magical superhero who can do literally anything from a cell phone. Well, hold on, because he's not hacking. (laughs) You're right. He's cracking. I should say it correctly. He's not a hacker man. He's cracker man. (laughs) This series likes to tell you multiple times, we're here. We are crackers. And it's very funny every time it shows up in a panel. It's so good. There are like a lot of funny lines in here that make me think the translators were very aware of how that shit sounded. (laughs) Now that this cracker's here, nobody's going to mess with us. Don't worry, guys. It's cracker time. (laughs) Oh, man. It's crazy. If only there wasn't some extremely established term about people that hack into systems for either positive or negative reasons. Uh Uh-huh. Perhaps some sort of object you place on your head that has a color associated with good or evil. (laughs) You know, you've got the yellow fedora and the the green fucking crowns. (laughs) Well, I I mean, let's be real. In practice, it is usually a fedora. (laughs) When you say someone is a black or a white hat hacker, it's definitely a fedora. But that was the thing that was the weirdest thing. It's like, this is a, I would say, a decently known term. Uh Uh-huh. Of black hat or white hat hacking. You did not need to create a term for this. It goes even more than that, David, because you know what you call a hacker who breaks the law and commits crimes? A hacker. After reading the first chapter, I pulled up Google and went hacker versus cracker. (laughs) And I found like three articles that were just like, well, actually, technically, we should call someone who's using it for crimes a cracker because hacking is more broad than that. But I've never heard anyone actively use that kind of terminology in actual practice. And I say this to someone who works in tech. Wait, is that technically a real term? Holy shit, it says on Wikipedia, cracker is the more appropriate term for those who break into computers, whether computer criminals black hats or computer security experts white hat. That's hilarious. This is technically correct. (laughs) Now I just feel like a giant smug asshole. Is it literally just a portmanteau of uh, hacking and crime? I didn't think so, but I'm going to go with that. This series isn't a flop anymore. I have never felt dumber. (laughs) This this series is too smart for us. (laughs) There's writs on my face. I will say, I don't think anyone in the real world actually uses this because no one wants to go around saying, actually, I'm a cracker. Yeah, it's also cracker is literally a term people use to make fun of white people. (laughs) They say, "Uh, excuse me, cracker, please. I really wish that the race car drivers called themselves honkies. We're definitely having too much fun already. Yeah, that's that's really good. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, Andrew, what do you think of the character? I didn't really care about him. He runs into the, the shonen protagonist problem where I feel like a lot of shonen authors run into a case where they want their character to look cool, but they also want to give their character a hardship to overcome, but they don't want to show their character being weak by trying to overcome a hardship. They still want them to be cool. So they just kind of have their character glide by and effortlessly solve problems because they're so smart. I feel like 
like that's the problem that uh, Neo ran into in this series, where he's just above everything that happens, which makes him completely unrelatable as a character until like the last two chapters, which are actually interesting because they show him at a low point. Yeah, the amount of parallels with the protagonist of Tokyo Shinobi Squad, I was really not expecting there to be so much common, and I'm kind of like interesting. I read these series back to back. Do you want to know the big the big difference here? And this is the reason why I actually kind of like Neo is because he's an asshole and everybody treats him like he's an asshole. Mm -hmm. In Tokyo Shinobi Squad, which is the manga we read last time that was uh, scared of immigrants and globalization and shit like that. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, it was great. The character was incredibly competent, but everybody would not shut up about how he was the coolest guy ever and he's just so nice and like, wow, Gene's amazing. Here, it's like, he's an asshole and he does douchebag things, but the manga feels aware of that and so it doesn't bother me as much. We joked about the fact that it never says this term, but the series wants to set us up as our guy is a white hat hacker trying to take down black hat hackers. And they want they want to show that like he's doing quote unquote bad things, but to bad people. I feel like it wanted to get that point across, but it didn't really do that except by having him just kind of be a jerk even to his friends and not in a way that was fun to watch. I actually am going to disagree. I think he was such a smug asshole. He like looped back around to it being kind of like and more entertaining and than hateable. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. One last thing I want to also note about the main character is he really loves hot dogs. Yeah. Very Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. So the thing that Neo does that I think could have been really cool if it, it kept building in this direction is at least at first, it seems like he uses hacking into the internet of things to create what appear to be wizard magic powers. Like he just hacks into people's phones and uh, overdrives their battery enough so that their phone just explodes and it looks like he threw a fireball at them. Yeah, and they do that like five times. Yeah, it's his main form of attack. His other main form of attack is calling the cops. <laughs> and the fire police. And the fire department. <laughs> Firefighters. There we go. The fire police. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the uh, the fire force crossover to be in issue two, but here we go. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to the next character? Sure. Our next character is uh, Minai Daigo, who is just kind of a tough guy. Yeah. He's the guy that had his parents passed away uh, when he and his sister were young. His sister had to drop out of school so that she could take care of the family. And her big wish is that Minai would graduate from high school and be able to make something of himself, which never really comes up in the plot. So he is tough. <laughs> yeah. One thing that stood out to me is that he looks exactly like the main character from Jujutsu Kaisen. And I was thinking of that meme where it's like, hey, can I copy your homework? And it's that dude. And it's like, yeah, but change it a little bit. And that's how you get the character design for this dude. <laughs> he absolutely does look like him. <laughs> Either of you ever seen, there's a movie called Mystery Team. Yes. For anyone else, these, this movie is basically kind of a parody of Encyclopedia Brown type deal. It's about like kids that were like kid detectives who grow up and they're like in high school now. And it's got Donald Glover in it. Derek Comedy, his old comedy group, produced the movie. It's very good. But one of the characters is, when he was a kid, he was the biggest, strongest kid on the playground. And now he's in high school, where his only claim to fame was that in fifth grade, he was the biggest, strongest kid on the playground. He isn't <laughs> anymore, uh, but he sure used to be. That's Minai Daigo. Yeah! He used to be tough, <laughs> but now he's a waiter. And that's the full extent of his character arc. This is something I've noticed a lot in uh, some of the manga we've read recently. This was also in Tokyo Shinobi Squad, where uh, the main character, literally like the last chapter, they're like, oh, you used to be a really famous delinquent. Okay. It's like, you know how in samurai movies and stuff or samurai anime, they're like, oh, this guy, he used to be like a super badass who killed a ton of people a long time ago or whatever. Uh, it's like they're trying to do that, but the person they're talking about is 17. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, he was a really tough freshman. Who's the toughest famous high schooler you guys know? Uh, Jordan. <laughs> uh, real or fictional? Real. I don't know. Believe it or not, like, where I'm from, we don't typically, like, uh, celebrate tough high schoolers and talk about them a lot. <laughs> that's true. Apparently, that's different in Japan. It's huge in Japan. Everyone's got a favorite tough high schooler that they just love. I love it. <laughs> Should we move on? Yes. <laughs> And then, quick note about his sister. She runs a hot dog stand. She, as Jordan noted, much more interesting character than her brother. She's really hot. Like, really hot, man. 
he spent a lot of time drawing this character. Yeah, when a character's introduced ass first, you know that the uh, author is really interested in their their personal growth as a human being. Funny thing, I thought that that is when she was introduced, but I reread it. She's like the first person you meet in the comic. Yeah, she's like super tiny in a panel. It's like you have no clue who you're looking at. So it's just like, okay, some lady is handing a hot dog to this guy who says he just wants to beat up baddies. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I mean, it actually surprised me how the other major female character, Yuko, actually isn't drawn as voluptuously. So I guess that was like a conscious decision. No, she's drawn like Winry. Can you give some background on what you mean by Winry for our listeners that may not be familiar? Oh, she's just a character from Full Metal Alchemist. With blue hair. Oh, does this character have blue hair? This is Winry with blue hair, is Ishizaki Yuko, who's a dumb dancer that can pick locks. And I think that I got her character, is that it? I think she rules, though. (laughs) Yeah, she's the coolest character in the cast. She kicks ass. (laughs) Remember when she just randomly is like, yeah, I learned Brazilian street fighting. (laughs) It's so great because they're talking and like uh, Neo is like, uh, how are we going to deal with this? And he's getting into some kind of conflict with uh, Daigo. And then Yoko is just like, hey, guys, look at me. And then she just does a backflip. And she's like, check it out. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I also love how um, she can pick locks. And when she starts to pick a lock, Dai goes like, whoa, that was the last skill that I expect you to have. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, okay, author, thank you for telling me that. <laughs> Didn't she say like her dad made her learn? Yeah. Her dad is a locksmith. It's Bean Dad. <laughs> Bean Dad for locks. <laughs> you can go to the park if you can open the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jordan's met my dad and I was like, my dad would definitely have been Bean Dad for like the first 20 minutes of that story. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> That's the big thing. It's the first 20 minutes. That's understandable. When it extends to like six hours, at some point, you're just not feeding your kid. Exactly. (laughs) For context, for people who don't know, there was a story that came out a few weeks ago about this dude who decided to like live tweet his daughter being hungry. And he was like working on a jigsaw puzzle, which is clearly more important than feeding your six-year-old. And she was like, go open a can of beans. And she couldn't figure out the can opener. And he literally spent six hours trying to help her figure out how to work the can opener. No, 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 no. Six hours actively not helping her use a can opener. You're right. He spent six hours actively documenting his six-year-old daughter's struggle to open a can of beans so she could eat. (laughs) And he's like, this is good parenting, right? She's learning it on her own. Everyone else on Twitter's like, no, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) But speaking about just kind of completely unnecessarily ridiculous things, why don't we get to the big bad of the series? So Jordan, would you like to tell us about Jevaudon? I believe it is Jevaldon uh, because it's French. It is a French word for a mythical cryptid that I didn't know about. The idea was um, just during this one area of France, like a few hundred years ago, there were like supposedly a hundred people or so that were killed by some mysterious beast or multiple beasts. And no one really knows what it is. It could be a wolf. It could be a bear. So that's where the guy gets his name from. And they kind of explain that in the plot. But he's basically, uh, he is a crime producer, which is hilarious. Like, when I say producer, it seems to be like like a music producer, like he discovers criminals, and he's discovered Neo. He also wears a big hat, like Mystery, the, the famous uh, pickup artist, and, you know, he's he's very much in all-according-to-Keikaku-plan thing. He's just thinking three steps ahead. Uh, he also has a an insignia, which is like a beast, and at one point, after outsmarting Neo, he hands him a business card basically saying, yeah, I own the show shit out of you and i saw through you mm-hmm. and it's like literally just a business card with words with like a description <laughs> of how he totally saw through him on the other side it's great that he had to have written up before he got there so he like knew what neo was gonna do and then countered him immediately which is a good <laughs> way to introduce a villain after having that villain walk into your office and shoot your main character in the leg yeah neo is so apathetic about the fact that he got shot yeah he hides a gunshot injury for weeks. Yeah, did he go to the hospital? I was wondering that. I don't know, think he did. He probably hacked the bullet out. <laughs> I can take it out of my leg by reflecting radio waves. Because <laughs> this is an MP3-enabled bullet from the iGun. <laughs> I will say, Jevadon is just um, Moriarty from the BBC Sherlock show. <laughs> <laughs> He's the crown prince of crime who's over the top and is going to, like, train criminals to be better than society. What I hear you saying is that in the live-action version, Neo would be played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, <laughs> a 17-year-old <laughs> cucumber bandersnatch. Hey, man, CGI. 
Yeah, <laughs> you're going to de-age him 30 years. <laughs> yeah. It always looks good when you de-age people, you know? It, it totally doesn't look fake or anything like that. I miss being a kid when I had plastic skin. Oh, man, that's why I moisturize. <laughs> we have one last character. So, Andrew, why don't you take us home with breaking down everyone's favorite Need for Speed Buddhist monk? Everyone's favorite Need for Speed monk, uh, Yamashiro Tatsuomi, who is a perverted priest who drives race cars. Fuck this guy. No, it's like um, the manga wants me to like like it like him. Uh huh. They call him Brother Ta, but they introduce him. He's literally a stalker. Yep. He's literally stalking Daigo's sister Mizuho. Jordan, I I don't know if you read it or not, but it's pretty chill. You're right. It's cool, man. She she was fine with being stalked. I kind of saw a real life situation where when I worked at Trader Joe's, there was a cashier who met his wife through Trader Joe's, and you think it's really cute, but then you find out it's because she gave him her phone number to enter the Trader Joe's raffle, and he kept her phone number and called her, and so he was like the one of the million people that didn't get fired because of what he did and somehow it worked out true romance <sighs> that's exactly what this guy wants to happen here everyone's calling him like a priest pervert but like you kind of see it from his perspective or something and it's like i'm supposed to think oh he really respects mizuho he really res- he really likes daigo he's actually like a pretty good guy but they show us earlier how he's like oh every time i would get disciplined in my monk training i would just imagine it's mizuho dressed as a dominatrix and it's like dude <laughs> what the fuck saying this to her little brother the series wants it wants us to think that this guy goes on to Tinder and like right swipes people, I think is the good one, and then messages them like, hello, I really appreciate your work ethic. But yeah, so his whole thing is that he was uh, he he was also a delinquent in his youth. He was a race car driver because he lived in Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Which is what they do in this. I think Yoko's like, oh, it's like Fast and the Furious. And he's like, <laughs> it's not like those movies. And then it's that it's like those movies. It's exactly that movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the part where the bad guy starts drifting and Brother Ta, which is what this guy's called. I don't remember if we said that or not. He's just like, how can he drift? All cars made after 20. 14 have abs and it's like dude are you that surprised that a guy would modify his car what yeah that's the whole point (laughs) are you telling me you're worried about this guy modifying a car for illegal street races yeah what (laughs) who does that apparently they hadn't been gambling or betting on the races before but this guy boogie weird abusive asshole shows up and he's just like um introduced the old concept of gambling to these street racers who'd apparently never thought to do it before well they had only done it for the love of the game (laughs) yeah literally yes i'm just like i don't know man it seems like they're having more fun with gambling kind of seems like you're the dick here papata they have a bet where um you know if we win this race you'll stop running this gambling ring or whatever and they fine he loses whatever but then afterwards the guy steps down and some other guy's like okay well we all like gambling on races so i guess i'll be in charge now and everyone's like yeah cool (laughs) you can be in charge of the gambling ring now and it's like what did we solve here i think what was happening was well okay we'll stop gambling now and we'll start again tomorrow exactly (laughs) it's casablanca it's like are you telling me there's gambling in my crime syndicate (laughs) no no this is we are white hack gamblers (laughs) we're crackers yeah we're cracker gam we're caglers we commit crimes but we're strong uh moral backbounds and don't condone gambling exactly It sounds like this conversation, we're starting to just pick apart some of the issues. So why don't we transition into the what it failed section? Andrew, why don't you lead us off though with what you really feel are some issues you had with the series? Why it failed. Uh, first off, you can't Google the title. <laughs> it has a, a bad title. The premise is just kind of, uh, you have it down here as value, br- great value brand, Mr. Robot. Yep. It's also just not an interesting version of any of like hacking stuff. <laughs> The bad guys are kind of cartoonishly evil and just boring. None of the computer talk is real. It's all just fake gobbledygook. In the opening scene, I was sitting in there and I thought, okay, I can think of a real way that you could hack into this person's phone. But instead, it's just like, what if I put every computer term I've ever heard into one sentence involving radio waves and stuff like that to do weird hacks? And none of it makes any sense. It's watch underscore dogs shit, you know? Absolutely. Even with the stupid title, actually. (laughs) Knee zero underscore semicolon underscore 
whatever the rest of the title is, I already forgot midway through that joke. <laughs> I would be shocked if somebody knew how to pronounce this upon first seeing it, you know? Yeah, apparently we've been pronouncing it wrong the entire time. So I don't know how anyone wants to talk about this or interact with it without really getting it narrowed down and hammered out. I also think the series has a real problem where it doesn't really have any kind of overarching goal. The main character wants to get rid of villains in his city. And that's really all that's said. But we're never really introduced to strong like villains in the city or reasons that he really cares. Eventually, we get to learning about Jevudan, which which really feels like an, a bigger deal than what the main character's goal is. They don't really seem to line up. Yeah, It never really seems like there's a goal that Neo is working toward that he has any kind of passion about when everyone around him just kind of comes to him with problems and says, hey, I found a weird issue in my town. Can you help me solve it? Rather than him being like, here's how we move forward to the next thing. I think you pointed out something which is like kind of my biggest issue. It's one of them. There's a real problem with scale. The scale doesn't really match. Like the stuff he does with his hacking is stupid, but it's also supposed to be like somewhat plausible. The author is really trying to get you into this uh, internet of things kind of bullshit. But the problem is, if you're going to do this, go crazier, you know? Mm -hmm. In the race, we haven't mentioned how the race ends. It's really dumb. So the secret with Boogie and the reason why Boogie is, is beating everybody is because he has an AI controlled car so Neo hacks into his car steals the AI and then just installs it in the car they're currently in somehow uh huh I don't think you could do that unless your car's built to handle an AI but whatever yeah gonna soup up my 2000 Pontiac you know what would have been way cooler and honestly make way more sense in the context of the manga? What if instead of that, Neo hacked into his car and made like the engine blow up? But then again, Jordan, literally him hacking something to blow it up, it's happened like maybe five or six times already at that point. Yeah, but it would be better. <laughs> this is... <laughs> You're right, because he does do the fire thing a lot. Like, what if, uh, what if it's like, well, I can't do fire now. What if I emulate, like, a lightning spell hacking into some kind of electric electrical place? Like, the cool parts that work in this are when it's like, the hacking really does look like wizard magic. I think that that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. In terms of something I didn't particularly enjoy, I thought it was really awkward that they decided to make suicide a major plot element so early into the series, which uh -huh. just kind of felt very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. It was a weird dark swing that I did not think worked at all they could have made it like she stole like a bunch of money from her family and stuff and she was like getting tricked that's a real thing that people do is you know online scammers and that would have been a really cool area but no they're like yeah she's gonna kill herself through social pressure through this app and i was like holy shit this is serious for like 14 year olds and this is what you're starting with yeah there's a lot more that goes into something like that than just like an app told me to kill myself so i did and i feel like the series is pretending that this app is a magical thing that compels people to kill themselves when like you really need to look at the app as more than just the day 50 kill yourself vibe there's 50 days of control and negotiation that goes into it and if you wanted to introduce an element like this it needs to be a bigger arc than an eight chapter just little storyline you know like yeah. something like this is a thing that encompasses a lot of people and has a lot of impact on things and you need to give it room that it needs instead of just this really weird quick super dark jump from we're hacking a copier to make it shoot fire so that the firefighters come and notice a hostage situation into now there's an app that is killing people and force like making them kill themselves you need to have some kind of bridge between those two stories and then right after that you go into tokyo drift with a perverted monk priest <laughs> Yeah. You need some kind of bridging gap for stories of that swing tonally, especially when your characters are not equipped to handle that kind of tonal swing. I think you're right. I think that that uh, tonal swing is emblematic in this one moment where um, Neo's just like, hey, Yuko, look at this video I found. And then she watches it and it's literally just a girl jumping off a building and dying. And it's just like, what the fuck? You don't just send someone a goddamn snuff film. That's disgusting. But it really is just like, what the fuck, manga? Yeah plot also didn't make sense why he was the ai was trying to make people kill so they could learn about suffering but it's not like there's not pre-existing snuff films yeah if there's anything that an ai couldn't use the internet to learn about it's human suffering i got an app for you it's called twitter they can listen to shonen flop if they want to hear human <laughs> suffering <laughs> The way it's described is just like, yeah, on the first day, the app just kind of is like, walk around town, pick up like three pieces of trash. And then on day 50, it's like, kill yourself. 
Also, that whole blue whale thing they discussed, that is completely fake. No one killed themselves from that app. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the entire plot line is based on something that the author didn't clearly do their research and actually check to see if that story was true. Oh, is that like an urban legend, though? It's a real app. It's a real story that came out, but no one actually, there was no reported instance of anyone actually killing themselves. To go back to the Tokyo Shinobi Squad, Neo is way too developed as a character skill-wise for there to be any progression. I never at any point felt like there was a chance he was going to fail at anything he was trying to do, except for maybe that one psychological scene, but that has nothing to do with hacking. Mm -hmm. Well, cracking, though. Cracking, you're right. I don't really know what Neo's overall goal is. It is super... It's like he just wants to bully bullies, is basically his thing. He's Dexter! Oh my god. That works for me. If you just want to say, like, I'm here to clean up the crime in this town or whatever, that's fine, but, like... Show me crime in the town. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, impact. Like, he frees a ton of people from, like, Yakuza debt and nothing happens. Like, how is that, like, a story and he becomes famous or whatever? Because people publicly know he did it. Mm -hmm. Because he had someone come into his office and he's like, yeah, I already took care of your debt. Don't worry about it. So he knows people know about him. Do you think that this world, that this comic would be better if, like, the world was shittier? Yeah, I think so. The world feels like it has the danger of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. He's so laissez-faire by getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> that really took me out of it. It came out of nowhere. Violence like that didn't happen in this manga. It's the same issue with the suicide. It's just like mm-hmm. everything else is just like not a big deal. The show has some darker elements that don't work because the world around it doesn't support those darker elements. You mean like when the bad guys had uh, kidnapped a teenage girl, put her in a closet, and said that they were going to call in a hitman to kill her? Yeah, like that. What a fucking mess. Those are some really great points. So why don't we move it now, though, to the positive section where, Jordan, I know you actually seem to have actually enjoyed the series a good bit more than me and Andrew. So I'm excited to hear what made you enjoy this series so much. I think the artist is great. I really do think the artist has some really strong work here. The designs are pretty strong. Um, and like, uh, characters are fun. I really like how, uh, Yuko is a dancer. Mm-hmm. One of the chapters, like the last chapter just opens with her dancing with a YouTube star. Great. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I just think that this manga has a real issue with tone, but when it gets the tone right, I think it works. Mm-hmm. I really don't think I have anything to criticize about the art. Uh, I look forward to the artist of the series making a new series with potentially a better writer. I also think it really knew how dumb it was. It didn't try and fake out the audience. I think maybe it could have done a little bit more to have been even more like full-on CSI Miami with how it used technology. This manga needed to lean into something. Yeah, it really did. It kind of tried to walk a path it couldn't, but when it was on the right path, it was good. And then I also think just the root concept, like this is an unexpected topic for Shonen Jump to do like a hacking manga. Yeah. Even though it kind of tried to be like a battle manga about hacking, but I can't think off the top of my head a series that covers this topic. I know we talked about Mr. Robot, but that's an American show where, you know, hacking culture is much bigger in the West than in Japan. So I want to at least give it points for being novel instead of being a retread of a concept we've seen a million times before, like Guardian of the Witch or Hungry Joker. I also did really love when they would just say things like their attacks. This is called a DDoS attack. but yeah i mean yeah the art's great i will say sometimes the character designs feel too much too designed like a little over designed like oh well clearly the artist already had this design uh, drawn out and then he was just like oh okay i'll use this one for this guy yeah though i will say jordan we are actually in the positive section right now (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) man okay so andrew did you have any thoughts or should we just take that as a segue into how we would have wanted to turn around no i think that's a good segue yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got Jordan and I were like, yeah, there's like one or two good things. And Andrew was just straight up pass. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with a lot of the spirit of what you're saying, Jordan. I just I just don't give it as many points for execution as I think you do. The nuggets that are here that could be good, I think really need to be polished up a bit. In I think that the art is fine. I think it's serviceable for Shonen Jump. I don't know. But like, there's a lot of stuff where there's an idea of something that could be cool, but I think it needs to be shifted in a different direction. One of the things we were talking about before was about the tone of the series. And you said you were talking about how it needs to commit. When I came into this episode, I thought it needed to commit. If it wants to do those dark swings, it should do those dark swings and commit to being darker. But I do think that like the stuff that I actually liked about this, I think that you're right. It is some of the brighter moments. So maybe maybe it should have committed to being brighter and being a more upbeat hacking manga. I I think that there's room for that to be cool. I think part of that is making that hacking actually hacking. 
Can I just pause this, Andrew? This is great, but we are literally about to go into that section. I thought that we transitioned and we were in that section. My fault. I should have picked up that. I, my transition was even better than I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> so good at this, David. Oh, you're fucking professional. <laughs> Damn. I feel like a lot of this uses the, you know, fake hacking as a shonen way of solving a problem. When if the series stepped back and looked into how could hacking actually be useful here, what kind of a neat story could you tell with this? I think that doing something like that would actually be an interesting show and an interesting way of making hacking into a relatable shonen plot. I think that you want it to be a little more upbeat. And, you know, if you want to go into dark stuff, do it later. If you want to invoke suicide, maybe do it at like chapter 50 to show that shit is really hitting the fan. You can't have shit hit the fan in ser- in, in chapter four, because then you just have a fan with shit on it. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. It wasn't ready for the shit. Exactly. At least let me get an umbrella. There are some cool stories that could be told with a hacking protagonist in this more upbeat tone. Maybe there's something where we're hacking into a villain's complex. We want to go with this internet of, thing- of things thing. What if we realize that like, oh no, he's in a room where the only thing I could potentially effect is a washing machine. How can I use that to my advantage? You know, what kind of neat hacking scenarios can you get this thing in a world where we've got so much that's connected to the internet? What if we played with that a bit? Mm-hmm. I feel like he wanted to throw up ideas, but then they never really got played with. And I think doing that play is an important part of the writing. I really agree with a lot of that. And I, I think I really would have liked to have seen them actually put some effort into the hacking stuff. Like it would have been cool if it wasn't just gibberish because it just kind of felt like kind of he was patronizing when he was saying hacker words because we knew it was bullshit. And I think most people reading it probably knew that what he was saying is not actually possible. Mm -hmm. I also want to say I had an idea for just a wholesale manga series completely unrelated. So I'm just going to pitch that right now that I discussed with Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) David, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I've always wanted to create like a shonen sports style manga, but about computer programming where it's like just people doing like programming competitions and stuff. And it's like, you know, that kid who's like, oh, I know a little HTML and some guy's like, oh, that's not even programming. He starts like learning Python and you just see his like descent into learning more and more about programming and like there's like a training arc where he learns about object oriented languaging and like he he enters a competition he learns object orientation like the night before and it lets him optimize his code and he beats like the compile time of his opponent by like half a second and stuff (laughs) like that and it just played like completely straight that's really the kind of the series i've always wanted to make if i had like an artist and like time to write it which is completely unrelated to the series but i just realized that i do sound more interesting in how anything i could have thought of of how to redeem this series so i just wanted to (laughs) pitch that right now so if anyone wants to invest in my idea, please feel free to email me at uh, shonenflop at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that's actually not unrelated. As we've been talking, I've kind of realized, I think the actual way to quote unquote fix this manga would be to decrease like the stakes almost totally. Like what if these were just normal high schoolers and it was like much more mundane like that. Like a lot of these things would fit more. Yeah. I think also I would have liked to have seen more mind game stuff. Like the scene where he's bluffing about having video footage of the bad guy committing the murder was like probably one of the best scenes in the series. Uh Uh-huh. Because that wasn't just him doing bullshit magic. That was actually real. That was like, how do I use these skills in a situation where the skills are not always going to solve every problem for me? But that kind Mm -hmm. of writing is hard. And someone who made a series like this does not want to put a lot of effort into the writing. It was a cool scene of like, what information could a hacker have? And what could a hacker threaten you with in this scenario? And how do we try to negotiate what information we have? That's a very good scene. I really liked the moment where a bad guy kidnapped Daigo because everybody gets kidnapped in this series. And then he calls uh, Neo on his phone and Neo's like, hi, I'm Daigo. And he's like, you're not Daigo. I have Daigo right here. Kidnapped. Then Neo immediately hangs up because he's like, well, now I know Daigo was kidnapped. That was a great moment. I think this manga either needs to be on the end that we're talking about now. It needs to be a Death Note style series where you're getting into that darker and trying to be intentional with ideas and information. The other end, I think that the other way this manga could have gone in a more lighthearted direction is to do something like, um, this is a weird comparison, but Food Wars. And I don't mean fan service like Food Wars. I was going to say, he definitely draws the women like they do in Food Wars. (laughs) 
I mean something that like truly cares about the craft that it is doing and takes that craft and shifts it to a shonen style. Mm-hmm. I really like Food Wars because it's a shonen battle manga where the characters are cooking and they <laughs> deeply care about cooking. And you can tell that the artist deeply cares about cooking too, both in the way that they show the food and in the way that they talk about it. I would love for something like that with hacking. Also, they do a lot of abstraction of stuff. They can't show you how something tastes, so they have to like go in an abstract way to describe it to you through the art. A lot of times, it's women being scandally clad because it's so good it's sexual. Oh, great. I'm not a fan of that. But in the times that it's good, it's a really cool physical representation of something that isn't physical. And I would love for that in something like hacking. And they do that on one page of this manga by saying that like the driver guy's his car, by analyzing all of the races and putting them into his car, he's become an amalgam of all of the drivers on the track. And they show that by showing like a giant car mecha built up of all the cars fused together with his face. Oh, I thought that was so cool. And it's super cool and abstract, and it gets the point across of what a monster this guy is on the track. I would love more of that in a hacking manga. Absolutely. And that actually ties into something else that I've been thinking about, which is this artist and this writer do not work together. <laughs> the artist very clearly wants to dr- wants to draw these huge monsters and stuff. Like there are a bunch of other moments where there's like um like a cool beast drawn over here, or this guy's like uh or, or like this guy's represented by um this weird twisted monster in the background or something. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear the artist is very good at that, and there are a few like little uh, non-diegetic flourishes with the art to to convey things to you, but it's just it's it's so weird because you know that nothing that dramatic is actually happening in the plot. Yeah, hundred percent. Also, they should have just gotten rid of uh, the second main character and just had it be Yuko and Neo. Yeah. What if it was just the sister? What if the sister was there instead of like Daigo or something? She's busy. She's got a restaurant to run. She can't take on Hacker Man. That's a good point, actually. She she's got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> I think it should be Yuko and uh, Neo team up because they need to protect their favorite hot dog joint. I like that plot a lot. <laughs> That's really good. I'm going to fit that into my hacking sports battle manga as the background of how he gets into <laughs> hacking is he has to defend his sister's hot dog stand. Yeah. <laughs> his like grandpa is like, Sonny, you know, there's good money in computers. And he sees like a flyer for, you know, super hacker competition, you know, 10,000 yen first prize. <laughs> And that's how he gets into hacking. <laughs> Actually, man, Jordan, we, we need to talk after this. We got to get started. Yeah, cancel this episode. This isn't going out. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. You'll get an executive producer credit, Andrew. Don't worry. All right, perfect. We'll call it Hack Hack. Hack <laughs> Hack. The Hot Dog Hackers. HH is not a good acronym for a thing. Oh, oh, God, you're right. Fuck. Hot Dog Crackers. <laughs> <laughs> A cracker that likes hot dogs. How about a hacker? Mm, That's too good for this. We'll brainstorm. Okay, so are you guys ready, though, to move to the miscellaneous thoughts? Good transition. Thank you. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't slept a lot this week, so I'm sorry if I'm out of it. (laughs) So one thing that really stood out to me is that apparently super hackers are called wizards. And I just want to point out that in Japan, there is a joke that if you turn 30 as a virgin, you become a wizard. And I just thought that was really, really (laughs) funny that they're saying computer experts are wizards. (laughs) so i wonder if that was on purpose or not it's actually one of the plot elements of the how i got reincarnated as a slime because the main character like dies as like a 30 year old virgin he gets superpowers when he reincarnates because of that (laughs) that rules (laughs) yeah that's a great series how about you guys did you have any miscellaneous thoughts i liked how uh how neo was just like um yeah i don't have any like any like uh thermal goggles for you guys so just i attached a smartphone to a vr thing here you go (laughs) i think that the artist for this series deserves to go on and do a series that truly fits his style of like streetwear yeah because he draws that stuff incredibly well and that talent is wasted on a series about a hacker man I also wanted to point out that there is at least two scenes where the main character is about to get stabbed and Diego just comes out of nowhere and punches the dude in the face. And I just thought that was such an oddly specific thing to happen multiple times in a 19 chapter series. He's the strongest kid in the fifth grade. What else can he do? Yeah, <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> the world's strongest high schooler, which I think is actually a title, a character in Dr. Stonehouse. <laughs> that checks out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> yeah, you want a series that cares about what it's doing and deeply researches its topics. Get Dr. Stone on this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So last two things. It makes a lot of sense that the main character made up his handle when he was five because of how stupid his handle is. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then finally, I really thought the series was going to actually be kind of offensive, like with hacking and stuff, but it like never dives into any political territory. And I was just really caught off guard that it just never got offensive. I mean, in fake news. Yeah, the closest yeah, we whatever. get is the fake news guy in the last chapter, but that eh. didn't have the room to get bad. The last chapter sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this Simenga had no weird implications in anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Slap that on the front cover. Neolation. Sticker. It's not racist. Neolation, not as offensive as Tokyo Shinobi Squad. Hey, that's something. <laughs> there you go. That's your six-word summary. <laughs> Speaking of, that was a good transition. That was my favorite transition so far, except for the one that was apparently so good I didn't even realize it. It's like that question, can David do a transition so smooth even he doesn't realize he transitions? <laughs> okay, Andrew, why don't you do the honors of starting by giving us your six-word summary? My six-word summary is Hacker Voice, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, why did I start with you? That's so much better than mine. <laughs> what about cracker voice? I'm in. You're right, you're right, you're right. Cracker voice. <laughs> oh, I'm in. Oh, no. Gee willikers. <laughs> mine was Neo, col- semicolon. The zero is for sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the zero is for zero. Getting that Trogdor reference. I got it. I, I-, I was happy to see that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Mine is... It's Internet of Things Punk 2077. I like it. There we go. Yeah, topical. I'm worried about your use of uh, hyphens on that one. That feels like it's cheating, but I'll let you get away with it. Shh. Yeah, I don't even know how many times Jordan actually writes six words because he doesn't do it in advance. <laughs> oh, shut up, David. The amount of time in which you've added one word in there that's like period. Or like just just an additional random word that means nothing is like <laughs> you do that all the time. So I don't want to hear that from you. Jordan, it is not my fault. Saying your punctuation is always funny. Okay, it's not my fault. I discovered that. <laughs> Period. A manga about hacking, exclamation point. Neo semicolon. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Yes. Oh, dude, they totally would have had a villain called Ampersand. (laughs) I would love this show so much more. I don't know why I keep calling it a show. (laughs) It's the League of Punctuation. They've got semicolon. Oh, and they are led by Hash. And he's like, I'm going to comment out society. (laughs) And his sidekick Double Dash. Oh, man, we got to cut all this. This is our manga. TM, 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 TM. We're going to sync on this and you're going to, Andrew, you'll put an ARG in our series. Like all the code will like compile it to some code that (laughs) hacks your computer and sends us like $5 to our Patreon. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. All according to Keikaku. (laughs) Okay. God, this is a great episode. Um, All right. And then let's get into flop or not. So Jordan, how would you rate this? I mean, it's a flop. There are things in here that could have been expanded upon to make it into like something better. But as, a, as it is right now, it is absolutely a flop. I agree. But Jordan, what would you say someone should check out since you've considered a flop? Honestly, Mitama Security Spirit Busters. It's a manga that we covered before on this show. The things that Neolation does well are things that uh, Mitama Security does better. And you can check that out when we had our special guest, uh, Congressman-elect Tom Weeks on it. <laughs> how about you andrew i think that this series is a flop i think that if we wanted to redo it we don't even use half of the bones of this series so definitely a flop but if you are interested in things that use the bones of other things and also the main character or the i don't even know if you'd call him the main character of this show but the guy that i want to cut entirely from this show go check out jujutsu kaisen yeah see it's got the same character so you can just think it's a spinoff of this series it's just a spinoff this series ended and then they were like, "What? do you want to be in something good? Uh, here you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, the dude in Jujutsu Kaisen is like the strongest high schooler ever. Uh-huh. So it may actually be the same character. Well, except that the character in Jujutsu Kaisen is way more interesting and fun to watch. And he doesn't have a hot sister. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. Just a hot grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking grandpa that dies like in the first episode, but it's still in the opening credits. <laughs> I think he dies in the opening credits. Pretty much. That's what it feels like. I'm tired of being on this anime show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then, though, for me, I, too, considered this a flop. My suggestion, I'm actually going to recommend an anime, The Great Pretender, which is on Netflix. And that's a really good show that's about kind of criminals doing crime against other criminals. They're about confidence men. And it really has that kind of like psychological bamboozling element that I was really hoping this series would have played up more. It's really fun. It's actually weird in that it reminds me a lot of like those. Have you guys ever heard of Blue Sky shows that used to be on USA Network? Like, Suits or monk yeah uh burn notice 
Yeah, like that, where it's like there's a little bit of danger, but no one's really going to get hurt. It's just about fun adventures. It's like that, where there's a lot of danger, but you know no one's really in danger during the show. It's just about the fun of the heist. As a hacker, sometimes you really have to get into character, and then it just shows Burn Notice guy like dressed up like a total nerd. Yeah, <laughs> he's wearing glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's actually a great show too. So go watch Burn Notice, uh, especially the movie that was directed by um, Bruce Campbell. Ooh. So yeah, I know, right? Fun fact. That's your fun fact for the episode. Yeah. Now that I've given a shout out to Bruce Campbell, why don't we do our shout out? I want to start by saying props to Jordan for making the awesome theme song you heard at the start of this episode. I also want to give props though to you also for creating the awesome end credit song that we are just made for the show. It's super awesome. Love to know what you guys think about it. We put a lot of work into it. And by that, I mean, Jordan made it and I told him which of his ideas were good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, David, that totally takes away my work. You clearly put in as much effort as I did recording that. <laughs> exactly. Jordan gave me four ideas, and I was like, legally, we can't do the first one, and then the other two suck. So we'll go with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan's like, yeah, song cover. That won't cause any <laughs> commercial licensing issues with this show. I did a cover of Fly Me to the Moon, which is four years away from being in the public domain. Gah. Right, so we'll circle back in 2025. Yeah. This is Shonen Flop. No, no. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to have to get our legal counsel on you. Oh, no. Well, he didn't say the actual words. Oh, perfect. Mm -hmm. I also want to give props to Jen for making this episode's cover art. You can find her online at Art by Toast and Nigel Francis for being our generous art benefactor. I also want to thank Tucker again for being such a tremendous help, even if we did have a little bit of a disagreement with how you say the word Neo, but we definitely use your pronunciations for everything else. And I think perhaps above all, Andrew, I really want to thank you for being on the show. And where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. Real quick. I know I'm kind of jumping the gun, but I'm excited for next week because we're talking about this manga called B.Ichi with like this guy named, um, probably never heard of, named like Riley Hopkins. Oh, no. He co-hosts this, uh, he, this show called Bed Bath & Bionicle a little while ago. Oh, no. I just felt like saying that for no reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're a fan of Riley Hopkins, you should check out, uh, they do a really good podcast called The, the Podcast Minds with someone. Where every week they uh, basically take pitches uh, of what podcasts they shouldn't start. It's a comedy show, kind of like uh, uh, kind of like Cool Games Inc. If you liked that for video games, except mm -hmm. it's for podcasts, and uh, neither of us is going to get canceled for being a sex pest. And his co-host is fine. <laughs> I'm also the uh, co-host of the Argonauts podcast. Uh, deep dive podcasts about alternate reality games. We just wrapped up doing one about uh, the alternate reality game that covered the Dark Knights release. That was a three-parter that we did. We do a show that talks about basically ad campaigns that get super weird and super long. Uh, it's a really cool show. We put it out every other Thursday. And if you don't check out my stuff, check out Anime Sickos because they're really good too. What should listeners do with the encoded message you just read off? You're going to take the first word, the first letter of each word I said. Uh, that's <laughs> going to form a URL. If you go to that.net, <laughs> you'll find a string of hash. Uh, once you take that and convert it over to ROT32, you'll notice that it's Baconian Cypher. <laughs> Basically, if you look at every word we've said in the past podcast, whether it started with a vowel or a consonant in order, that's going to string out into telling you where uh, you're going to go next. And from there, you're just going to have to click on links and see what happens. I feel like you guys just make it a little too easy sometimes. Uh, we try. <laughs> Our listeners are maybe not quite as sharp as yours, so I respect you dumbing it down. <laughs> we want people to be able to understand what ARGs are through our show without necessarily needing to know how ciphers work or what they're doing or how to decode them. <laughs> so I figure we're going to give you baby's first ARG. I love it. Nice. And then Jordan, is there anything you want to say for the good of the universe? Um, no. Okay. Thanks for thanking me this week. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Fuck. David, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. Fuck. Seriously, though, David, David puts in a lot of hard work. He's the reason this whole podcast exists. I, I feel really bad. I legit feel bad for saying no. Thank you so much, David. I do mean it. It's okay. I I know. We're, we're busy people. And then, along with thanking you guys, I also want to give some thanks to everyone who shared our latest episode. It was our biggest episode yet, so really exciting times for our podcast right now. So I want to thank the Brocast Podcast, What the Trailer Podcast, Insanely Dangerous Retro Pod Show, Reanimatron, Perry, the Kuga Evangelist, 
Jury Room Podcast, Querying the Gillum Team, What the Smuff, Traveler, Wolfwood, Black Lives Matter. We have been getting a ton of awesome iTunes review. Guys, I really, really appreciate it. We've actually been getting so much that we don't actually have time on the show right now to really be thanking you all, but I really want to say from the bottom of my heart, it does mean a ton to us. We have been seeing a lot of great progress on the iTunes store because of everyone's taking the time to write us reviews. I also want to say if you guys want to help the show, if you can just make sure you are subscribed to us on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, or wherever else you get your podcast, that really helps us a ton as well. And it really lets us keep making these episodes as we keep growing and being able to do even more cool projects. Like maybe we will actually get a chance to do that awesome manga idea I just pitched <laughs> to go into general shout outs. I want to give a shout out to a comic series called 32 Kickup Only Gets Weirder. It is this really great webcomic that's pretty much imagined Disney characters as mobsters in 1930s Chicago. It's created by Silly Rookie Art, who has been a big supporter of the show. You can find it at 32kickup.com. I want to give a shout out to the Open Shutters podcast. This show is spooky as heck. Sorry for swearing. As I say, it's a creepy podcast guaranteed to make your skin crawl. You can find them at anchor.fm slash Barry dash Marino dash Open Shud. The next one is the Micro Academia podcast. They cover the official release of the manga, anime, movies, games, and more. You can find them at mhapod.com. Really cool topic, especially because we recently did an episode on Barrage, which was by the same creator. So if you actually are a fan of My Hero Academia and haven't listened to that episode yet, it's really cool to see where the creator of My Hero Academia was growing his skills before he made the series he's best known for. Hey, Andrew. So you know how we were having an issue with in this episode about figuring out how to pronounce the character's name between like Neo or Neo? Mm-hmm. Well, in Barrage, there's a good chance that that manga was originally intended to be called Bulge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was actually just listening to that episode earlier today. Aww. <laughs> Aw, cool. <laughs> I should probably start listening to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I should start watching anime. So, you know, <laughs> I feel you. I'm too busy editing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And then I want to give a shout out to Riddle Me That, true crime show done by a friend of the show, Jules, who has a PhD in transpersonal counseling. So it's got a really cool, unique on things. You can find her show wherever you get your podcast. And then I just want to finally play a trailer for a show. Hello. We are You Should Have Ghosted. A true crime online dating podcast. I'm Shayna, and I love true crime, wine, and I met my husband online. I'm Liz, and I'm single and exploring online dating. We're ex-coworkers who became best friends through our obsession with true crime podcasts and decided we should make one of our own. You Should Have Ghosted is a podcast that we hope will enlighten people to the dark side of online dating and shine a light on serious issues with accountability in the dating app world. Join us for dark stories and cringy content. See you next Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find Shonen Flop on Facebook and Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, shonenflop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you get your podcast. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Andrew. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers.